University of New England is embarking on a bold new mission to transform the university's decommissioned boiler house into a purpose-built discovery space. Here, on Curiosity Built the Boiler House, we'll follow the transformation of this 1950s industrial building into a regional science-themed play space. Along the way, we'll also chat with leading experts in education, play-space design, and all things STEAM about what makes for an incredible discovery space experience. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and for this episode, I chatted with Bobby Serini, the Deputy Director and General Manager of Science and Learning at Questacon. I'm, I'm a lifer at Questacon in a way. I've had seven different roles over 22 years with big gaps in between. I've gone off, I've done lots of other really interesting stuff in science engagement all around the world, but I keep finding opportunities to return to Questacon and play a different part. Questacon is Australia's National Science and Technology Centre and has been bringing science education awareness to the nation for over 30 years. I had a really startling experience. The first time I ever came to Questacon, um, it was in 1997, and I came to Canberra to do a graduate diploma in science communication at the ANU, Australian National University. And in that year, we were working on delivering programs across Australia through a partnership with Questacon. So I joined the Science Circus, and I remember so clearly going into this thing called a science centre and not really having any idea what that meant. And so how I would describe it is that Questacon is an iconic white building that finds its home in the national capital and it's nestled in amongst a whole range of other cultural institutions. And in a way, it symbolises the nation's commitment to science and technology, engineering and maths. And it's a place for people of all ages, people of all abilities, people of all interests and all walks of life to come and interact and think and be engaged around a whole variety of different STEM, science, technology, engineering, mass experiences. And so if you can imagine in this iconic white building that was designed in the 1980s, it contains a number of galleries that spiral up through the centre of the building. And in those galleries, it's like... It's like an Aladdin's cave of wonderments. Each gallery is filled with interactive hands-on exhibits. It's filled with really um, engaging, friendly staff who come and talk with you and show you how to do things and answer your questions and encourage you very gently to have a go at things. Um, and that combination of the physical hands-on experience and the social rapport and the emotional support that you get from staff is then topped off by really great experiences like science theatre performances inside inside our um, theatre spaces and, you know, a, a science education shop that's full of lots of really interesting things that you can play with and buy. And all through the centre, it's underpinned by um, experiences in learning, experimentation, science demonstration, um, reflection where you can sit and think and, and feel a space and, and reflect on the experiences. And so somehow all of these experiences come together in this really fun, dynamic environment that's also a really safe space. So it's culturally appropriate. It tries to engage people at all levels of, of where they're at rather than where the staff are at. And above all, it's a place where you can come to enjoy yourself and apply your hands and your minds to the opportunities, the ideas, the phenomena and the wonders of science in our world. So in a nutshell, that's how I would describe a science centre, like Questacon. Questacon is more than just a standalone science centre. 
As our National Science and Technology Centre, they have a mandate to reach out to the entire nation, meaning that their outreach programmes extend far beyond the Science Centre itself. So as I said, you know, the iconic white building is actually just the really beautiful tip of a huge iceberg that sits below. So if the ocean around it is our society, the range of things that form the corpus of Questacon are, are really interesting. And so the, the public centre in Canberra is really just the visible heart of the organisation. We also have a second facility uh, and it speaks to the very essence of what we do as an organisation. So our second facility is in Deakin, also in Canberra. And inside that facility, you will find all of our teams that travel around the country. You'll also find all of our teams that work to create and design those amazing exhibit experiences. And you'll find the teams that work with networks right throughout Australia's STEM ecosystem. Uh, And these are ranging from education organisations, other science centres and museums, community organisations and youth organisations, university science and research agencies, industry and business groups. So in that ecosystem, you've got around Questacon, you know, hundreds of different types of organisation that each do their own part in supporting STEM engagement in the community. And our role is to connect in with those, to bring value into the equation. And we hope also to transfer skills and capabilities from these professional production and program design and development and delivery teams who are hubbed here in Canberra but travel everywhere, and as they travel to work really closely with organisations right across the country to transfer some of that skills, the knowledge, the expertise, and most importantly, foster conversations and facilitate new ideas and connections that help great ideas and initiatives to grow, often from quite humble beginnings, um, wherever they're taking place across Australia. But Questacon is there to help um, understand who else is there bring our work and participate in a collaborative way with other organisations. So in some ways, it's more than just an iceberg. It's an iceberg with lots of tendrils that extend right across the country and also internationally. Questacon is famous for developing and presenting iconic, immersive experiences that combine science and art and leave a lasting impression on their visitors. Cultural institutions like like science centres, like the Boiler House, have this incredibly important role to play as a place where people can safely discover. And what we see with Questacon is that we have many repeat visitors who come back day after day, week after week, year after year. And, you know, sometimes they're a child who just can't get enough of a particular experience. Um, We have this, I had this great experience recently in the Questacon foyer, there's a really iconic exhibit. It's a Gravitram, which is essentially a cage filled with an amazing um, mousetrap, like elaborate labyrinthine set of tunnels and wire cages and um, coils and drop the, the, the spheres that roll around inside this thing are cranked up to the top and then they work their way down through this enormous box and you can see these billiard balls essentially moving through all sorts of different pathways. And this exhibit has, has not really got much explanatory material with it. It's a wonderment though. You stare at it and it's fascinating and you can stare at it for hours and it does something different every pathway of every ball is slightly different. And I met a young man recently who had come into our building um, and he was, he was standing by this exhibit and he, he was sort of feeling quite upset and he was, he was making sounds of distress. And this, this young guy had, um, was probably uh, on the autism spectrum. He was, he was um, only partly verbal, but he explained to me that one of the balls 
wasn't where it should be. And he had noticed the ball was missing because he's a frequent visitor for the purpose of seeing that particular exhibit. And for him, that was a really important part of his regular routine was coming to Questacon to enjoy the exhibit. And of course, we were able to go to our information desk and he was able to report that the exhibit wasn't working properly. And it was because of his eagle eyes that we spotted the fact it needed to have a slight bit of maintenance to get the, the stuck ball unstuck. And, you know, to me, that was a really important experience because it showed me that while we might start and create experiences for specific purposes, we never really know the full range of purposes for which they might be used. And when we see people in our galleries, they will do pretty much everything that you cannot imagine to the exhibits that we have, you know, because it's a physical space. It's about learning through play and um, people play in their own unique ways. It's, it's a fascinating people watching exercise when you come into a place like Questacon. When chatting with Bobby, I took the opportunity to ask her about the Questacon experience that stuck out to me the first time I visited. The harmonograph, a strange machine that creates small works of art using the simple physics of a couple of swinging pendulums. I wanted to know if there was a story behind this contraption and how it came to life. Yeah, you know, that is such a cool exhibit. So simple, but really complicated at the same time. And, you know, it's essentially a pen suspended with two pendulums going at once in slightly different directions. And it produces these amazingly different pictures every time it does. So this harmonograph was actually, when it was first produced, uh, and I'd have to look up the name of the inventor. He's got a number of patents when he developed this exhibit. But um, we've had it for many years, almost actually since the day one that Questacon was formed. Um, and, And you might not know this, but Questacon started life in a school hall in a suburb in Canberra before it became the National Science Technology Centre. So for a number of years, this was run as a sort of outpost from the university, and it was populated with essentially handmade exhibits that that people from out of the physics department had made, headed up by Professor Mike Gore, whose brainwave it was that Australia should have something a bit like the Exploratorium, which is based in San Francisco. From Mike Gore's vision, you know, this little pop-up science centre started, and then we had a custom-built space in the form of Um, the National Science and Technology Centre. But the harmonograph was one of the original physics-based exhibits. And we've been approached by an artist to come and do a residency, really going back to look at the artistic outcomes and some of the beautiful visuals that can be developed as a result of considering the harmonograph and what it can do. So we're really looking forward to that. We've had a number of artists in residency programs over time, and I'm really hoping that that can be we, is something we can develop and grow over the next few years because, you know, I think in some ways um, the pandemic really highlights how important the arts are to society, to communities, to people. Um, artists bring a unique vision and a unique way of understanding and experimenting with the world. And that experimental and creative mindset is such a good fit for the experimental creative mindset that scientists have. You know, and when you bring scientists and artists together, they produce some absolutely breathtaking and amazing and, and thought-provoking work. While Questacon is known for its iconic building and exhibits, in talking to Bobby, it was clear that this was only a small part of what makes Questacon so successful. The most important resource a science centre can have is great people. When we think about ourselves and our own lives, one thing I really reflect on is what got me interested in STEM, what got me um, turned off from it, who was important in that journey. And I actually did, I did a PhD on on pathways of inspiration and influence. 
Heroes of Science, it was called. And I looked at a whole range of contemporary science heroes. And one thing that really jumped out at that was just how diverse the experiences we have as individuals that inspire us. And it can be something very small. It can be something very big. And what I learned through my research was that people are a really critical factor. Parents are one of the most important inspirational and influential points in a young person's life. Um, the the values and the attitudes, the thoughts and the, the emotions of parents can be really instrumental in shaping how young people see their future potential. Um, and in our programs, we often bring parents in, particularly our innovation programs, which teach young people the skills of problem solving and design thinking and teamwork. Um, because in the space of a few days, we can really transform how a young person sees their own future. And then when we bring parents into that equation as well, it can be a really powerful connection for the parent to see what their child is capable of. Um, so parents are really key. And another key dimension is um, peers. So young people are really at the heart of all we do. And we see how social interactions are so critical to young people. And to that end, we create um, group and team-based programs that allow for lots of social interactions and dynamics that support um, healthy and interesting conversations for young people in a safe environment. So, for example, at the moment, we're running dialogue workshops around AI, and these are for teenagers in schools who can come together and explore a whole range of really interesting questions and dimensions that relate to artificial intelligence. So for us, you know, we can't separate out the social context um, from the educational context, really, those two things have such a strong interplay and it's really vital to everything that Questacon does to understand that and to keep progressing our thinking about how best to engage young people and their teachers and parents. The quality of the people we employ is, is really important. You know, um, a friendly face can make or break the experience that people have when they come into a public venue like a Questacon or the Boiler House in the future. And that relationship they build as a sort of a trusted intermediary between domains of knowledge like science that can sometimes appear quite arcane or quite remote, quite conceptual, quite hard to grasp. They play a really important role in making that material relevant and accessible and to provide opportunities to find a way into it. Um, because, you know, if you imagine... Things, they're a black box that contains lots of technical information. Um, what we want to do is help people unlock or unpack that box and see what's inside it and, and find parts of that content that they're really interested in. So um, that experience of people in the, in the science centre, in the interactive space, was really pivotal to me. And um, we know from really some great stories that we hear around the country when we travel, and sometimes they take years and years and years to come to the surface. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So um, I was talking recently with one of our program team members, Jessie, and Jessie is somebody who was a kid in school who saw the science circus years and years ago. She saw it when she was in primary school. She got really excited by the science that was being presented in her school by the, by the young, you know, graduate students who were presenting. Um, they made her feel really inspired and really excited. And she went on to study a marine biology degree. Um, and many years later, she applied for a job working at Questacon and is now one of our key national program staff members. And it just, just goes to show, I think, that power of inspiration the fact that um, science communication provides lots of opportunities and interesting avenues to go down when you are 
a person exploring a future science career. Um, you know, you can combine part of your career with a research focus and part of your career with a communications focus and part of it with a program focus. And we need those kind of ambidextrous people who, uh, for whatever reason, decide to come out of science at the research bench and decide to bring that experience and that interest and that love of the natural world into public discourse. So, you know, for me, when I when I think about the surprising stories, they're only surprising in how they come about, but what's at the heart of almost all of them is this sense of being inspired and empowered by people who they've met through a Science Centre experience. As the National Science and Technology Centre, other science and education centres look to Questacon for guidance and inspiration for how to tackle future problems. Asked Bobby what this means for Questacon and what this means moving forward in a post-pandemic world. And her answer, in short, was that we need to work together. The way we work at Questacon is in a very, it's a very positive culture here. It's a very creative culture here. Um, we always have a lot more ideas brewing behind the scenes than are coming out the front door. We have processes to help manage the incredible flow of ideas and talent within the organisation. But ultimately, we need to be looking always, and I need to be looking always over the horizon to see, well, what's coming? What does the future look like? And in a post-pandemic era, that's particularly important for interactive science centres and museums. You know, when we look to this incredible change that's happened so quickly in our society as a result of the pandemic, um, lots of the old ways of working no longer apply. So, you know, the ideas I might have had six months ago about what we should be doing next need to be re-examined and we need to look at them in the in the light of day that we're in now and say, well, what is it that we need to stop doing? What is it that we need to start doing? And what do we need to do better than what we were before? And that's a really interesting process. It, it requires you to have a lot of honest conversations, um, a lot of imagination, you know, because none of us have a crystal ball. We don't know for sure what the future looks like. So one one scenario is that the pandemic just goes away. And if it just went away and we didn't have to have social distancing anymore and we could all touch everything we wanted and then touch each other as much as we wanted, you know, you, you might think there would be a case for interactive science centres to just be the way they've always been, you know, great places for fun, interactive learning. But there's a real opportunity in what's happened. Unintended benefit of the pandemic has been it's forced us to move much more quickly down certain pathways that we had planned to invest more in over time, such as by digital interactions, um, new technologies, more experimentation with short form and rapid forms of content. All of that was already in our pipeline. But when the pandemic broke and all of our face-to-face programs had to take a back seat, suddenly the spotlight shifted direction and was really firmly on, well, what are we going to do right now in the digital space? How are we going to create hybrid types of experiences that are COVID safe and still really thrilling and still really enjoyable? How are we going to engage teenagers who normally meet us face-to-face and form a relationship with us before they sign up for some of our programs? If we don't get to them face-to-face, how do we develop relationships with the Australian public? And these kind of fundamental questions have really helped to shape my thinking about how we should operate. And in some ways, it's an incredible opportunity to reimagine for the next 30 years of Questacon's existence what it means to be the National Science and Technology Centre. It's actually an incredibly interesting and important time to be focused on that question. 
So I feel really lucky that I've got a tremendous team here, uh, led by a great director, Graeme Durant, um, incredible managers and staff who are, who are experienced and knowledgeable and skilled and great human beings. You can't really lose when you've got a great team like that behind you. And what I have learned, and this is really cool, and I think the Boiler House has this well and truly ahead in its future too, is that the reality is we operate in this network of science and technology centres in Australia. But beyond that, there is a global community of great institutions. And they come in all shapes and sizes, from tiny museums dealing with astronomy in Egypt to um, small pop-up science centres running on about $500 US a year in Africa, to um, philosophy-based science centres in the Philippines, to the big exploratorium-style facilities in the US. You know, there are thousands and thousands of different styles and models for doing great science engagement through facilities like ours. Um, And in the conversations that have happened during this pandemic time, as we've all asked each other, what are you doing and how are you doing and why did you do it that way? What we have learned is just this incredible hive mind exists. Every possible idea you can think of is being tried right now around the world by science centres and museums. And so what we're seeing is this incredible innovation coming out of the science centre sector. So some of the things science centres around the world are doing include things like, you know, Bluetooth beacons in an art gallery that send messages to you from the paintings, the characters in the paintings, and encourage you to come and meet them in the gallery so you can learn more about their story. You know, this is really bringing historic figures to life. Um, Some science centres are supporting students about to matriculate, you know, students who are at high school about to graduate from year 12, facing exams and facing being um, trapped in learning at home, trying to step in and fill that gap that the education system itself may not be able to provide for students who might otherwise struggle to get through their exam period. Um, In Africa, some of the science centres have been really worried about the anxiety and depression that the pandemic has caused for their kids, particularly kids under 10. Um, Some of them have invested a lot of time in supporting the resilience of young children and doing programs through the science centre that help kids to process all that they're going through in these extraordinary times and so on and so on pretty much this incredible array of ideas there's been all day science festivals science fiction festivals there's been um, you know science snack activities where you've got experts from all over the world popping up to have a chat with members of the public um, who are dialing into some of the science center experiences and the mind museum in the philippines turned their whole science center into a broadcast studio and uh, for the first couple of months of the pandemic, they worked with a national broadcaster to broadcast from the galleries and, and talk about the science exhibits and bring exhibits into people's homes. So um, I could go on, but there, what I, my point is really that, um, you know, we live in this globally interconnected world. There are so many great ideas and skills out there. And we, what's been really profoundly important is just how much people in the sector share and are there to help each other and to work together through these problems posed by the pandemic and the opportunities as well. To find out more, visit the Questacon website at questacon.edu.au or follow them on social media at Questacon. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan country and has been brought to you by the University of New England. 
To find out more about the Boiler House Discovery Space, visit uneboilerhouse.org.au. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next time on Curiosity Built the Boiler House. Thank you.